Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Upstairs, Jenny crashed her car and became a living corpse. Jake sold grass. The white-bearded, pot-bellied leprechaun silent climbed their staircase. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Third Coast Podcast. I'm Katie Mingle. We've got something a little bit different for you today. Instead of hearing a repeat of ReSound, we're going to take a little walk together around the East Village neighborhood of New York City. But don't worry, you won't need your walking shoes, just your ears. All right, let me set the scene a bit. The East Village neighborhood in Manhattan was historically a working-class immigrant neighborhood. A lot of five- or six-story apartment buildings kind of crammed together, fire escapes in the front. And then in the 1960s, hippies and bohemians moved in, and the neighborhood housed a vibrant arts culture. This culture included painters, writers, musicians. And as you'll hear on today's podcast, some of the best American poets of the 20th century. We're going to hear about some of these East Village poets as we listen to a few stops on the audio tour Passing Stranger, produced by Pike Malinowski and narrated by filmmaker Jim Jarmusch. Okay, so the first stop for us is Walt Whitman. Whitman lived before most of the poets on this tour, and he wasn't from the East Village neighborhood of New York, but he was a native New Yorker who influenced many of the East Village poets who preceded him. Keep walking down 12th Street. Stop when you get to the Mary Help of Christians Catholic Church, a cream-colored building on your right, just past the public school. One of the most ardent opera fans in the city was a young journalist by the name of Walt Whitman. As Whitman scholar Joanne Krieg says, bel canto opera had a profound effect on Whitman's revolutionary free verse. The bel canto opera features a very long line of vocal music. And then, of course, you look at Whitman's poetry. And what does it have? Very long lines. You can hear that operatic long line in his poem, To a Stranger. Passing stranger, you do not know how longingly I look upon you. You must, you must be, be he I was seeking. I was seeking, or see I was seeking. It comes to me as of a dream. It comes to me as of a dream. I have somewhere surely lived a life of joy with you. All is recalled as we flit by each other, fluid, affectionate, affectionate chaste, matured. matured. You grew up with me, were a boy with me, or a girl with me. I ate with you and slept with you. Your body has become not yours only, nor left my body mine only. 
you give me the, the pleasures, pleasures of your, your eyes, eyes face, face flesh, flesh as we pass, as we pass. you take of my beard breast hands in return I am not to speak to you. I am to think of you when I sit alone or wake at night alone. I am, I am to, to wait. wait. I do not doubt. I am to meet I you do again. Not doubt. I am to meet I am you to again. I am to see to it that I do not lose you. Let's take a seat on the steps of the church. We'll be here for about five minutes. Some people call Walt Whitman the grandfather of American poetry. His most direct literary descendant was probably Allen Ginsberg, who adopted Whitman's long free-verse line and shared his love for New York City. Ginsberg lived in a number of buildings in the East Village, but the apartment he lived in the longest is across the street. It's 437 East 12th Street. The East Village really was Allen's permanent home. That's poet Bob Rosenthal, Ginsburg's friend and his secretary for the last 20 years of his life. If you look up at the apartment building there, Ginsburg lived on the fourth floor. The first time you come to visit Alan, you would have to yell up from the street, and he would open the big, wide center window and throw down the key, always embedded inside a unmatched, used sock. Scores of poets fetched the key out of that sock. They would come knocking on this door, and Ginsburg, the master of ceremonies, held forth. America, I've given you all, and now I'm nothing. America, $2.27, January 17th, 1956. The East Village gave him freedom to be who he wanted to be. To be gay, to be political, to be on drugs, <laughs> to be whatever. It was cheap, and Alan was a very frugal person. He did not need the trappings of a nice apartment. He really lived in dumps. There was very little privacy, but Alan wasn't looking for privacy. Maybe the East Village was the only mirror that Alan ever needed. In the mid-70s, when Allen Ginsberg moved into this building, this was a rough block, Italian gangs at one end and Puerto Rican gangs at the other. A popular sport was to steal cars, bring them to the block, strip them down in a couple hours, then on a summer's evening, fill them with garbage, set them on fire, and people would sit down on the steps of the church and cheer as the fire trucks lazily rolled down to put out the fire. Then, after Saturday night, fumes would uh, slowly evaporate. At 6 o'clock on Sunday morning, Mr. Bongiorno, a man who lived at 4370 12th Street, would walk out the door, walk over to the church. He was the bell ringer. He would ring one side, and you could pace out his steps to the other side and then ring the other bell, and um, life would start a new day. In the 1980s, something new appeared in the East Village, gentrification. In the early 90s, Alan must have sensed the permanence of that change, and he wrote a catalog of, of the people who live in his building, of the neighborhood. That neighborhood catalog went into a poem called The Charnel Ground. Upstairs, Jenny crashed her car and became a living corpse. 
Jake sold grass. The white-bearded, pot-bellied leprechaun, silent, climbed their staircase. Ex-janitor John from Poland averted his eyes, cheeks flushed with vodka, wine, who knew what, as he left his ground-floor flat. Refusing He's remembering a time when the block really did look like a charnel ground. A charnel ground is a sacred ground in India where bodies are burned, and Alan's nature was to take reality and make it part of the sacred world. And this is what his poem does. The Hispanic lady yelled at the rude African-American behind the post office window. I waited all week. My welfare check you sent me notice. I was here yesterday. I want to see the supervisor. Bitch, don't insult me refusing to look in. Alan had a very uh, deep personality that, that could see deeply into people. Even though Alan would say no more than hi, he would be saying hi to the little Buddha deep within the person on the street, and they would never forget it. And I'm on my way uptown to get a CAT scan, liver biopsy, visit the cardiologist, account for high blood pressure, kidney stones, diabetes, misty eyes, and dysesthesia, feeling lack in foot soles, inside ankles, small of back, phallus head, anus. Old age, sickness, death again, come round in the wink of an eye. Okay. Let's get up. Keep walking east on 12th Street. When you get to Avenue A, cross over and continue on 12th Street all the way over to Avenue B. Watch out for cars, bikes, and motorcycles when you cross the street. Allen Ginsberg became famous as a poet in the 1950s when he wrote Howl, an attack on cultural conformity as well as on literary formalism. But Ginsburg became even more famous as a counterculture hero of the 1960s. Conformity and cookie-cutter suburbs were out. Ginsburg embodied the new spirit of radical politics and spiritual experimentation. College students hung pictures of Ginsburg on the wall. His poetry and the poetry of other beats became part of pop culture and even radical poetry could be popular, as proved by one ambitious project. In 1969, long before answering machines, voicemail, and instant messaging, the poet John Giorno recorded a bunch of poets, hooked up 10 tape machines to 10 telephone lines, and every time people called, they got to hear a poem. Motorcycles, boom, boom, boom. Motorcycles, boom, boom, boom. This is the East Village poet and actor extraordinaire, Taylor Mead, reading his poem, Motorcycles, for the Dial-A-Poem Project. I don't know where I'm at, what municipality, unreality, rebop, ubop, shebop, sleebop, ubop, crew cut, hailstorm, reform, imagine in uniform, chloroform, fifth form boys in gymnasium clothes, and Aunt Martha in a bra, singing rah, rah, rah in the raw, aha. What municipality, unreality, Sigmund Freud, Constant Lambert, Vespa, Volkswagen, cemented, paved, demented, raved, caved, hello, young lovers, wherever you was, Come, 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 all over each other. Dial-a-poem was incredibly popular, 
In the first five months, 1,112,337 calls were received. Scholastic Magazine even did an article on the project, and suddenly dialing a poem was homework in some New York City schools. But not all of the poems were appropriate for school kids. Take this poem by Bernadette Mayer, who was involved for years in the East Village poetry scene. It's called Sonnet, and she uses some pretty harsh language, just like the ancient Roman poet Catullus that Mayer later translated. You jerk, you didn't call me up. I haven't seen you in so long, you probably have a fucking tan. And besides that, instead of making love tonight, you were drinking your parents to the airport. I'm through with you bourgeois boys. All you ever do is go back to ancestral comforts only money can get. Even Catullus was rich, but nowadays you guys settle for a couch by a soporific color cable TV set instead of any arc of love. No wonder the G.I. Joe team blows it every other time. Wake up. It's the middle of the night. You can either make love or die at the hands of the Cobra commander. <laughs> To make love, turn to page 32. To die, turn to page 110. <laughs> Explicit language was just one category of subversion on the dial-a-poem tapes. There was also this. There are those who can tell you how to make Molotov cocktails, flamethrowers, bombs, whatever you might be needing. Diane de Prima reading from Revolutionary Letters, actual instructions on how to prepare for the coming revolution. Define your aim clearly. Choose your ammo with that in mind. Her text shows how some East Village poets blurred boundaries between poetry, leftist politics, and Eastern spirituality. We're going one block to see the old apartment of two other longtime East Village poets, Louis Warsh and Ann Waldman. I'm a shouting woman. I'm a speech woman. I'm an atmosphere woman. I'm an airtight woman. I'm a flesh woman. I'm a flexible woman. I'm a high-heeled woman. I'm a high-style woman. I'm an automobile woman. I'm a mobile woman. Anne Waldman has been a central figure in the East Village poetry scene for 40 years. Often grouped with the Beats and Allen Ginsberg, she has always emphasized the performative aspects of poetry. And, like Ginsberg, her poems are often explicitly political, as in Rogue State from 2003. Gated communities tremble. I'm a coming through the door. Rogue states, a state won't humble. Call her witch. Call her Ann Waldman was married for many years to the poet Louis Warsh. In his recent poem, Eye Contact, fragments of prose come together as an impressionistic image of life in the city. We make eye contact across the crowded room, but I'm too tired to speak. After crossing 2nd Avenue, look for a tattoo parlor up on your right. It's called Flesh Center. I write her a letter, but at the last minute decide not to mail it. She writes in her diary how much she hates me. I shouldn't have read it. The Trojan War was a play put on for the pleasure of the gods. Deficient kidneys are often due to excessive loss of semen. Economic growth is promoted at a direct expense of human health. 
I saw you walking towards me from a distance, but I lowered my eyes when we passed and you didn't say anything. You didn't say anything. A woman props her elbows on a cushion behind a screen. No one is to blame for your suffering but yourself. We were two solitaries eating alone in a crowded restaurant, staring at one another covertly above our plates. She asked me what my intentions were, and I said, let's be friends. Sometimes it's best to be friends with someone before falling in love. I go outside with a gun in my pocket like a petite bourgeois. They were loading their groceries into the back of their station wagon when a guy with a ski mask came up behind them and demanded their money. We met outside Kmart and went for a coffee at Starbucks. Physical beauty and bodily health reflect good character. Friendship is a response to the tragedy of love. I can hear the sound of my voice saying something I already said. Resemblances proliferate in a swarm of analogies. I stare at the woman across from me in the subway car, but when she looks up from her book, I turn away. Walk back outside. Hopefully it isn't beautifully snowing. Go back to the Bowery and take a left. Bang, bang, outishly. For Monk. Boom, 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 Another poet who used to frequent McSorley's was Leroy Jones, long before he changed his name to Amiri Baraka. Tinkle, as ifs, ands, three-toed musical afternoon dreams, Midnight visions. These are Cape players cooking, blue glass cookers funking, edgewise questions inside the answers, chunks there, edgewise bluedom near boil, funk tree landscape tinkle brood as answered questions. Cardboard piano orchestras singing as if the hit parade was interplanetary. Baraka lived at 27 Cooper Square. You'll see that building on your left in a minute. You can't miss it. It's the old tenement crammed up against that tall hotel. This part of the village is changing so rapidly these days. I'm, I'm Hetty Jones, and I'm on the roof of 27 Cooper Square. Baraka's ex-wife, poet and writer Hetty Jones, still lives here. What we are looking at directly opposite used to be factories. The village voice um, used to be the Hearts Mountain Bird Food Factory. Um, and it smelled. And the pigeons would flock to it. Oh, it was dreadful. But all of these buildings were manufacturing. Um, No one lived there. Until Leroy and Hetty moved in and made the house a hangout for East Village Bohemia. Poets, but also jazz musicians, who performed around the corner at the five spot. Do you see number 27 there on your left? Just after the big hotel, 
Pause here for a moment. An interracial couple, Hetty and Leroy, were conspicuous on the streets. There was still that horror of race mixing. So we would get stares from people, shock, hostility, um, catcalls. In 1965, on the same day that Malcolm X was murdered, Leroy Jones left Hetty and their two children, moved uptown to Harlem, and helped start the black arts movement. Hetty Jones is now a poet, a children's book author, a memoirist, and a community activist who refuses to be pushed out of the neighborhood she helped create. And it seems like the developers have listened to her. The developers understand the history of the building and what went on here and uh, the fact that uh, it was worthy enough to be on walking tours of the East Village. And it, it honors the people who did really make the East Village. There were days when everybody who was doing anything was here. (laughs) When Hetty and Leroy first moved in here in January 1962, they brought a kitchen sink with them from their old place up on 14th Street. Here's Hetty Jones reading Ode to My Kitchen Sink. Main man, you're my support. Your two strong legs, your back 40 years against a brick wall. Though you were old when we met, even a patch of your iron heart already showing, I thought nothing of your imperfection, only of your double virtue. One side deep, the other shallow. You've held washboards, weeks of dishes, babies, even me, ass in the deep, feet in the shallow, eyes out the window. Sometimes sink you swallow stuff like lettuce leaflets or those perfectly formed fetal broccoli florets. Maybe you need this sustenance more than that caustic cleanser. And oh, I must apologize for so continually washing out your mouth with soap when you're this perfect older city living thing I lean on. Waiting for that day, the wreckers ball will say enough. One life is all you to get. And given others sink, ours has been a gift. When I wrote the kitchen sink poem, I really did feel that they were going to knock this building down. But I don't feel that way now. They've just put up a whole new foundation and... um, When I spoke to one of the construction people about it, he said, oh, this building now is going to stand for another hundred years. So that's a nice legacy to think about. Keep walking south on the Bowery. Those were just a few stops on the audio tour Passing Stranger. The tour was produced by Pike Malinowski with support from the Poetry Foundation and narrated by Jim Jarmusch. You can take the entire virtual tour online, or, if you're in New York, you can download it and actually do it on foot. I highly recommend doing either one. Find a link to the full tour at our website, thirdcoastfestival.org. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You've been listening to the Third Coast Podcast. This podcast and all of the work that we do is made possible by listeners like you and with lead funding from the Richard H. Driehaus Foundation and the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation. Additional support is provided by the Boeing Company Charitable Trust, the Agadino Foundation, Chicago's Navy Pier, and American Airlines. This program is partially supported by a grant from the Illinois Arts Council, a state agency. Stay connected with Third Coast through Facebook, Twitter, or by signing up for our mailing list at thirdcoastfestival.org. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.